Well, Lou, I am officially going to welcome you to day two of our Polar Blast here on the border. How are you feeling? <laughs> are you, are you you're stoked to be part of this exclusive phenomenon, the cold front that's apparently taking over the country slowly? Oh, uh, yeah. I was, uh, look, I've been blasted and um, <laughs> I'm not going to say I've enjoyed it. No. Uh, but although I do love winter, I'm a, I'm a winter person. I've, I've discovered that about myself since moving to the border that I really enjoy the winter better than the summer. Because we found out, uh, you know, working together that you're from the northern side of things. Mm-hmm. You spend a lot of time, when you're not travelling the world, of course, but in the sunny Bris Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, coming down here would have been a bit of a climate change for you. Because a bit of a shock. Yep. Uh, but it's been uh, over 20 years now, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. slowly got yeah, the hang of it. It's like 25 years. I'm pretty good with it now. Yep. Um, and I do look forward to the winter for a n- number of reasons. Yeah. I have to admit, I'm one of those people that summer's okay, but it's not my favourite season. Well, there you go. See, I'm more an autumn boy. I was born in the autumn and, you know, I like that mix of occasional balmy weekends, but, you know, rain doesn't bother me that much and cold weather certainly doesn't because you can always just, you know, throw another layer on. You're good. Let it snow. You can't sweat your skin off in summer. Oh, no. (laughs) We've the cold into doesn't oh, bother no. me anyway. Okay. Yeah. While she okay. does that, let's check out some highlights <laughs> of the week, including a little bit more in-depth coverage. Uh, we caught up with Chris from the Weather Bureau for an actual, uh, well, behind-the-scenes look at what this is all about and how much more of this cold weather we're going to be mm. experiencing over the rest of the week here at Triple M. In the studio, Lou, we have a uh, TV screen up in the corner that gives us vague details about the weather. Very vague. It says showers today, top of 11, and it's currently 7 degrees currently Mm. at Lake Hume Village. However, our next guest, uh, waiting patiently on the phone, knows a lot more about the weather than this screen in the corner certainly does. He certainly does. Senior, a senior forecaster and meteorologist with the Bureau of Meteorology, Chris Arvier joins us. Hi, Chris. G'day, how are you going? Yeah, Excellent. great. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Chris. Uh, is this a busy time when everyone calls you and says, why is it so cold? <laughs> yeah, it is actually. Like, everyone wants a slice of the, uh, the weather action at this time. <laughs> really, you know, we get these, we get these big cold fronts, uh, and it's pretty typical to get these um, events during winter, but I feel like every year, the first big one that comes through and it feels cold again, everyone thinks, what's going on? But yep. You know, it's just the start of winter. Yeah, true. It's hardly unseasonal weather, is it? Um, but is this the beginning of winter proper? Like, it, will it get warm again, or are we are we in it now? Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's safe to say that we're uh, we're going to be in the thick of winter from um, um, it was really started yesterday, wasn't it? But uh, and and it probably is a bit early um, in the year to to get our first really major cold outbreak of the year. Like often, it might be just. Um, a couple of weeks into June that we start to see those temperatures really start to plummet. So probably slightly earlier than usual if you do feel like, why is it so cold right now? But, <laughs> but you know, we are, we are heading right into June, you know, as of um, tomorrow, So um, and that's winter. So it's, we should start to expect to see these cold outbreaks, the snow, the winds, and, and everything that comes along with it. So, yeah, look, pretty wet and cold day yesterday, and um, more of that is, is due to come through today, currently just on um, 8 degrees in um, Albury-Rodonga at the moment, um, and then heading for just the top of 11, as you mentioned. Mm. So, And it's, a, it's really a, a number of days of... Um, uh, sorry, we've got 10 degrees on all we were on today. So, look, very, oh, wow. very cold conditions. Even colder. Um, <laughs> and looking at, yeah, hovering around that 11 to 12 degree maximum for the really the whole week. So, it's it's a, a pretty extended period of cold conditions. Usually, you know, we'll, we'll see the temperatures recover somewhat from time to time as, as we get the a series of cold fronts. Is That's sort of the typical winter pattern for Victoria is we'll get a cold front 
it'll be cold for a few days and then you know temperatures will come up and then the next front will come through and they'll lower again so unfortunately at the moment it looks like we're going to be in a, in a pretty extended period of cold conditions oh fun now chris you mentioned snow before does this mean uh the snow at lower altitudes during this cold snap yeah look um for this period it does look like it's, it is it is a, a notably cold outbreak today and it looks like overnight tonight the snow level lowering to around 600 metres. Um, but there is also a potential to get some flurries to even a little bit lower than that. We could see them um, coming down to sort of four or 500 metres, but That's unlikely us. to see anything <laughs> settling. I'm um, excited, Chris, because I live at about 500 metres. So we, we got snow, let it snow last let it year snow, a little bit. No, a year snow. before. Yep. So it's very exciting when we get a little flurry of snow. Yeah, that's great. Well, you can be our um, official <laughs> observer, so we You're know whether it's five hundred or not. Yeah, we'll um, let you know. <laughs> we actually, we really, um, we keep an eye out for everyone's pictures because snow is always difficult. We don't, we can't, um, we don't have any gauges that can measure it because it's, um, it's so, so tricky. So often, like keeping an eye on the pictures and the, and the webcams is how we see how slow the snow actually gets in the end. But look, yeah, very, very cold conditions. And, yeah, right up in the northeast is where it's likely to, to get the lowest. So around that 500-metre mark would be possible. Wow. It'll be early hours of tomorrow morning. The coldest um, yep. air is over us. And then um, I don't want to say warming up tomorrow because it's, <laughs> it's really not going to be warm, but the snow level does lift during the day tomorrow and ends up being um, around sort of 1,000 metres by um, during the afternoon on Wednesday. So it, it's sort of at its, at its lowest point in the early hours of tomorrow morning. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you mentioned um, just briefly that it will, sometimes it gets a little bit warmer and then it gets colder again. But when it's raining like this, it just seems to stay really cold. Are we going to get some of that beautiful winter sun again soon? Uh, look, I'm not likely to see too much today. There is going to be breaks in the in the shower activity today. So it's going to be... Um, there is showers sort of moving across the northern plains at the moment, and so it's going to be a bit on and off. But in terms of your, I think you're referring to those nice settled winter days that oh, we yeah. are, you know, we do enjoy from time to time. Look, later this week we'll hopefully see some patchy sunshine, particularly on um, Thursday and Friday. Things are looking a little bit more settled. Um, so while the temperatures are going to remain cold, we will actually see some sunshine on Thursday and Friday. But um, another cold front is is due to come through on Friday night, and so. Um, the return of those sort of cool and showery conditions this weekend. So, yeah, it definitely feels like winter's arrived. Certainly does. Chris, appreciate the update and uh, all your work this morning. Uh, thanks so much for having a chat with us this morning on Triple M. Pleasure. Thanks. Let's catch up with our news guru from the Triple M newsroom, James Lake. Very good morning to you. Very, very good morning to you. So, James, um, obviously things are sort of finalising with the new government. What's, yeah. what's the latest news? Well, you know, we're 10 days after the election now and we, you know, we're told that we wouldn't get a definite answer on the night. Um, we do know now this morning that the Labor, the Albanese government, looks like locking in the 76th seat in, yep. Car in Canberra, which means that it does have a majority um, to kind of rule in its own right. I should, probably shouldn't have said rule, but it's kind of, <laughs> kind of the way it is. So essentially it means that, that Labor has enough seats to call the shots. It doesn't need to negotiate now with the Greens or any independents to get enough support to get things across the line. Um, you know, and that will certainly give Anthony Albanese a lot of relief today um, that they lock in that last seat. Now, it's uh, McNamara, a seat in Victoria, but there are two other seats um, still being counted, Gilmore and Deakin. So Labor might actually get uh, 77 or 78 seats in the end. 
Oh, okay. There you go. It's even more to the collection. That's it. Now, the AAC is uh, still accepting postal votes as well up until Friday of this week. So... We, uh, we won't actually get the final exact numbers for all the seats in terms of uh, the margins for a few more weeks yet. Okay, but he seems, Albo seems pretty happy with this so far anyway. Yeah, very happy. Yeah. Uh, over to the Ukraine, the latest uh, Aussie update. Now, we've heard about a, a Tasmanian man who was, was part of the action but sadly lost his life over there. Yeah, this uh, just came through the other day. Very tragic story. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why the federal government just says all the time that it doesn't really encourage Australians to go over to these war zones, even if their intentions are good to help. But it was the Tassie man, Michael O'Neill, 47 years old. He had a family um, with three kids as well. Oh. But he was over in Ukraine assisting on the front line, essentially driving people who'd been wounded, uh, wounded Ukrainians, away from the front line so that they could get Gosh. some medical assistance. Um, but unfortunately, he was injured there. Um, DFAT has contacted his family and, and they're pro being provided with assistance. But we're not finding out too much more at this stage exactly what organisation uh, Michael O'Neill was working with over there. Oh, God, that's so sad. And, you know, people want to help, but but as you say, it's so dangerous. We kind of, it goes out of our mind how dangerous it is because we're not there. Yeah, oh, totally. And you're, you're right. People do have good intentions and maybe they're, you know, they're not too far away or they, they have a connection to the country and they want to give some assistance. But essentially because the government, you know, we don't want to put boots on the ground in terms of, of our own defence or military. So, we don't have people over there who can help and who can support exactly. if you do get injured. So that's why the government wants people to stay away. Yeah. Now, speaking of the yeah. military side of things with this ongoing conflict, James, uh, Russia's running out of tanks. And I did see that they're, they're really dipping into the reserves and they're really old school, haven't seen action for quite some decade. Tanks. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's nothing that's really laughable about the war, but the fact that Russia had the confidence to go in with this invasion, thinking that they would win, um, and clearly it hasn't worked out that way. Way, to the point where they've run out of hardware. Um, Ukraine says that it's destroyed more than 1,300 Russian tanks, wow. 3,200 armoured vehicles as well, and they claim they've killed nearly 30,000 Russian soldiers. <gasps> so military experts reckon that Russia doesn't have very long left that it can fight this war. If they go for six more months, they'll essentially completely deplete all of the supplies of the country's defence forces. And there were some photos that emerged over the weekend, I'm, I'm guessing these were satellite photos taken, showing that Russia's bringing 60-year-old tanks out of storage in garages to get them going again because they essentially are running out of everything tanks. else, yeah. They've got nothing new. Wow. So it's a surprise even that they've held on to these 60-year-old <laughs> tanks, but they're still there, they're coming out of the shed, and uh, hopefully they still work because they don't have very much left. No, and I guess, I mean, yeah, well, it's kind of good that they don't have much left. Hopefully they'll stop. Yeah, essentially they'll have to stop because, you know, they're running out of fighters, they're running out of hardware. And, you know, the other big question that's on everyone's mind is the health of Vladimir Putin. Um, there are a lot of, you know, media reports denying that he is in, in, in ill health. Mm -hmm. um, but there's not, not a lot of um, support for him being a healthy man and someone who's in control of the country. So... We we'll just have to wait and see how this all plays out over the coming weeks. But uh, unfortunately, we're you know, passing uh, 100 days of conflict now. Gosh. Wow. Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll stop soon. James Lake from the Triple M National Newsroom, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. Another podcast done. And thank you so much for checking out our work. Of course, uh, we are back in action coming up, uh, well, again, on your radio weekdays from 6 and on your listener app as well, which is 
maybe just how you're checking out this podcast right about now. Yes, L-I-S-T-N-R. That's it. Uh, we will be back tomorrow morning from 6. Talk to you then. Have a great day. 